troves of emails, courtesy of the inbox of one Dr. Anthony Fauci, have been released to the public, showing the most powerful bureaucrat in the world talking about gain-of-function experiments and the Wuhan lab leak theory as early as January of 2020. That is over a year ago. These emails also show him contradicting his public stance on masks and talking about a fatality rate for COVID-19 that Facebook censored me for saying. I'm Liz Wheeler. Welcome to The Liz Wheeler Show. Thanks for joining us today. As you know, I aim to be your go-to podcast when you need to know, is that true? What are the facts? Is this reality? Okay, emails from Dr. Fauci released to the public from BuzzFeed and The Washington Post show him to be, as we know, the most powerful bureaucrat in the entire world. He's talking about things like gain-of-function experiments and the Wuhan lab leak theory, not now, not yesterday, not last week, over a year ago. The end of January and early February of 2020, Dr. Fauci was emailing scientists, virologists, epidemiologists around the world about these talking points that you and I are talking about now. So speaking of dangerous things and how to stop them, there are a lot of things that I search for online that aren't your business, that aren't anybody's business, from the security system for my house, to breast pumps for my daughter, to guns that my husband purchases. That's why even when I'm at home, I never go online without using ExpressVPN. Internet service providers in the U.S. can legally sell your information to ad companies. That's legal, and they do it. ExpressVPN is an app that reroutes your internet connection through their secure servers so that your internet service provider can't see the sites that you visit. ExpressVPN also keeps all of your information secure by encrypting 100% of your data with the most powerful encryption available. All you have to do is tap one button and you're protected. Protect your online activity today with the VPN rated number one by CNET and Wired. Visit my exclusive link, expressvpn.com slash Liz, and you can get an extra three months free on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash Liz, expressvpn.com slash Liz to learn more. I would do this. I do this. It works really well, and all of us want to be secure online. Expressvpn.com slash Liz to learn more. Okay. So the winner of the contest for science-denying tyrant, most destructive bureaucrat in the world, goes to one Dr. Anthony Fauci. This isn't even really a surprise. Those of us who have been following the actions of this man for the past year and a half, we knew this was the case. We knew this was the truth. We knew this was reality. And we knew Dr. Fauci was denying the truth and the reality. So let's talk about what we found out in his emails. First of all, the emails being released to the public, this is not a leak. This is not a hack. This is not illegal. This is a perfectly legal way to obtain information from government bureaucrats who are your employee and my employee. These uh, emails were obtained by a Freedom of Information Act request. So legal way to obtain this information. So that's first of all, because there are some Democrats who are acting like this is illegal or Republicans did something wrong. No, I mean, the Washington Post is a liberal organization, a liberal news organization. Well, news organization. BuzzFeed is leftist. Freedom of Information Act request is perfectly legal, perfectly permissible, and in this case, very informative. Okay, so Fauci has been a fraud from the very beginning. We know this. He's the highest paid federal employee out of 4 million federal employees in our country. The highest paid, paid higher than the president of the United States. He heads up the NIAID. This is a sub-agency at the NIH, the National Institutes of Health. And 
We knew what Fauci was all along. We've known. And yet here he is. I mean, 20, 30 years ago, Fauci's history on AIDS told us all we needed to know about him. Fauci did the exact same thing narrative-wise about AIDS. He acted like everybody shared the same risk of dying from AIDS. And this was never true. It was behavior-related, right? In the case of COVID-19, there are comorbidities in age that determine your risk factor. With AIDS, it was behavior-related. Yet Fauci's narrative made it seem like anybody could get struck down by AIDS at any time, regardless of your behavior. That was never true. So the point of that is we knew that Fauci's narrative spinning, his rhetoric was misleading at the very least and outright dishonest and fear-mongering at the most. We knew this 20, 30 years ago. And yet again, he's still in Washington, D.C., a creature of the swamp, now impacting each and every one of our lives. So fast forward to COVID-19, the beginning of this pandemic, Fauci listened to people like Neil Ferguson at Imperial College London, to IHME. These are the modelers right? The ones who are making predictions about COVID-19, not based on the imperial evidence, the reality of what was going on with the virus. They were modeling it based on predictions. Now, Neil Ferguson specifically had a history of being wrong and IHME was wrong in real time. Nonetheless, Dr. Fauci verbally said that, well, modelers are wrong a lot of the time, but he didn't base his policy on that comment that modelers were wrong. He based his policy on the predictions coming from these modelers who verbally he said he were wrong. It didn't make a lot of sense, but what did make sense is that Fauci was doing the wrong thing. So he has changed his tune during this pandemic on everything. Your risk of flying, your personal risk factor for COVID-19, the fatality rates of the virus, whether or not we should implement, or President Trump at the time should implement a travel ban against China, whether this virus is airborne versus transmitted by droplet. He's actually said the reverse of what's probably true. He's reversed his tune on masks. He's reversed his tune on children being in school and masks on children. He doesn't think we should go to the movies or shake hands or celebrate Independence Day. He skipped Christmas with his kids and he ignores the deadly impacts of the lockdowns on people all across the country. He doesn't think, by the way, that any of the lockdowns, the government mandated lockdowns violate people's rights because he thinks it's just about public health. Okay, so this resume that Dr. Fauci has built, it's not what I would call impressive. It's not the resume of somebody that I would hire to advise me on public policy if I were the president, okay? In 2012, Dr. Fauci wrote in a paper, this was reported on by The Australian, he admitted that these dangerous gain-of-function experiments could start a pandemic. This is what he wrote. He said, and I quote, in an unlikely but conceivable turn of events, What if that scientist becomes infected with the virus, which leads to an outbreak and ultimately triggers a pandemic? Scientists working in this field might say, as indeed I have said, that the benefits of such experiments and the resulting knowledge outweigh the risks, end quote. I wonder if the millions of people who have died from COVID-19 would agree with that statement. The benefits of the experiments outweigh the risk. By the way, we don't know for a fact that the COVID-19 virus leaked from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. We don't. We know that it seems likely, it's possible, that there's evidence, there's more evidence that the virus leaked from the lab than there is evidence that it was naturally emerging. We know that we need an investigation, and we know that Dr. Fauci funded gain-of-function experiments at the Wuhan Institute of Virology through a man named Peter Daszak, right? Dr. Fauci lied about that funding. We talked about that last week. He lied to Rand Paul in the Senate. He said, no, 
the NIH never gave money for gain-of-function experiments. While he was playing word games, he wasn't being fully honest because $600,000 came from the NIAID, of which Fauci heads at the NIH, to a man named Peter Daszak, who subcontracted that to Dr. Xi, the bat lady of Wuhan, who conducts gain-of-function experiments on bat-derived coronaviruses to weaponize them so that humans contract them and they're hard to fight off. Okay, this, this is Dr. Fauci. This is what we knew about Dr. Fauci. And now we have his emails. Let's take a look at some of these emails. What have we found out from these emails? It's, it's, it's really shocking, to be honest. It's really shocking. And the major takeaway, my, my first takeaway, honestly, when I was looking through these thousands of pages of emails, my major takeaway is the mainstream media are children, except perhaps that's insulting to children. The mainstream media are airheads. They have zero journalistic curiosity. Even reporting on these emails, once we have all the emails, the mainstream media headline Fauci's response to his own fame and people worried about Fauci's health and Fauci's correspondence with famous people. Who the heck cares? Who cares what Fauci thinks of his cult following? Except that he's acting like a cult leader. He probably likes it. But can we talk about what actually matters? The science. What these bureaucrats, accountable to the American, unaccountable to the American voter, knew about the virus. Let's talk about the science. Before they unleashed dreadful policies on you, your family, our nation, and the world, what did they know? Well, here's what we've learned from these emails. These emails show Dr. Fauci talking about gain-of-function experiments and the Wuhan lab leak as early as January of 2020. They show him contradicting his public stance on masks. They show him talking about a fatality rate that Facebook gave me a faked fact check for saying. Fauci said in his email, but oh, I'm not allowed to say it on Facebook. Okay, just so we're clear on the rules here. Okay, so Facebook is obviously the worst. They, Mark Zuckerberg personally corresponded with Dr. Fauci. Okay, he offered to be an information hub of COVID. Just let that sink in for a second. Zuckerberg wanted Facebook to be an information hub of COVID, then banned the same things Fauci was discussing in his own emails. Okay, that's not an information hub. That's propaganda. We'll get to the censorship of me specifically about Fauci and the very things he discusses in emails in a moment, okay? But he talked, Fauci talked directly with Mark Zuckerberg. So Mark Zuckerberg and Facebook shouldn't have been involved in this at all. Facebook used Peter Daszak. This is so unbelievable. Facebook used Peter Daszak as a fact checker about the Wuhan lab leak theory. This is after Daszak literally funded that lab. Facebook labeled him as a fact checker about whether or not it was true that the virus could have accidentally leaked from this lab. I mean, talk about corruption. <laughs> talk about collusion. Talk about bias. This is not an independent third-party fact checker. No, this is the man who has the most incentive to want to hide the possibility that this virus would have leaked from the lab. And they have him telling people, oh, actually, that's not true. That's not true. I can say this as an unbiased third party. Facebook facilitated that. Okay, that's one conversation. In, this was exposed in the Fauci emails. The second conversation of note is Dr. Fauci conversing with Bill Gates, okay? And this is of great significance, in my opinion, because Bill Gates advocates for population control. And I know, before you say, oh, that's a conspiracy theory, that's not true. 
There are some conspiracy theories around that, but here's the reality of the case, okay? This is a report from the Bill Gates Foundation. Quote, rapid population growth in some of Africa's poorest countries could put at risk future progress towards reducing global poverty and improving health. Okay, so they identify population growth as a problem. That's from the Bill Gates Foundation, okay? They go on. Population growth in Africa is a challenge. This is from Gates himself. He was telling reporters about this report. Population growth in Africa is a challenge. He was asked about, well, how do you address this problem? How do you address the population and poverty thing that he ties together? Bill Gates said birth control. He said, quote, the biggest things are the modern tools of contraception. If you have those things available, then people have more control over being able to space their children. Okay, so he said he supports his foundation sports population control and he wants to use birth control to do that, to reduce the number of children. Okay, so the foundation report goes, yet if every woman in sub-Saharan Africa were able to have the number of children she wanted, the projected population increase could be up to 30% smaller. Okay, 30% smaller. So he's talking about climate change and Gates himself says, this is as part of a speech, a talk on reducing CO2 emissions. He wants to take that all the way to zero. He says, first, we've got population. The world today has 6.8 billion people. That's headed up to about 9 billion. Now, if we do really great job, if we do a really great job on new vaccines, healthcare, reproductive health services, that's abortion, right? We could lower that by perhaps 10 or 15%. But there we see an increase of about 1.3. Okay, so this is a direct quote from Reuters, because I want you to know that this is all directly from either Bill Gates' mouth himself, it's from his foundation report, or it's from a mainstream outlet, right? Reuters. Reuters says, quote, Gates has long been a proponent of slowing unsustainable population growth by targeting the root causes of poverty and unrest and told Forbes magazine in 2011 that when he first entered public health, it was to focus on contraception. When he later saw data suggesting that when mortality rates fall, so too do birth rates, Gates shifted his focus from contraception to saving people already alive. He, meaning Gates, told Forbes We moved pretty heavily into vaccines once we understood that. End quote. Okay, so on April 3rd of last year, Fauci had a conversation with Bill Gates in which he described his relationship, meaning not just his personally, meaning the relationship that he, as head of the NIAID, as part of the coronavirus task force, his relationship with Bill Gates as, quote, collaborative, and hopefully synergistic approach to COVID-19. This relationship with Gates Charitable Foundation that supports population control through birth control and vaccines. Okay, now the reason that we're even talking about this today, this is important because it's your tax money that's paying Fauci, who is using his time and government resources to coordinate with both Bill Gates and Zuckerberg and big tech censorship. Okay, speaking of the truth, Do you know whose voice that I've heard in my house absolutely nonstop this week? Spencer Clavins. My husband has become addicted to Spencer's podcast, Young Heretics, and I don't blame him. Actually, I do blame him a little bit for being late to the party. Spencer's already done over 50 episodes. My hubby and I have had super interesting conversations recently sparked by Spencer's episodes, so I invite you to join us. 
Subscribe to Young Heretics with Spencer Clavin wherever you get your podcasts. Youngheretics.com is where you can go to see what platforms Spencer distributes from. Spencer's voice itself is both rich and melodious. His vocabulary is impressive. And that's a high compliment coming from me. And his grasp of philosophy and how ancient philosophy applies to this modern world, Western culture, is fascinating. It really is. Young Heretics is produced by Soundfront, the same guys who produce my podcast, who also produce Verdict with Ted Cruz. We are one big happy family. Anyway, that's not really the point. The point is, please subscribe to Young Heretics at youngheretics.com and tell Spencer that I sent you. Tell him a hello and ask him if he would want to make me a workout schedule. You don't have to do that all at the same time, just throwing that out there into the, into the sphere. Okay, youngheretics.com. Please subscribe to Spencer Clavin's podcast. It's really great. Okay, back to Dr. Fauci. So what else did we learn from these Fauci emails? So Fauci's colleagues thought that COVID-19 looked like it might be lab manipulated. This was revealed two different times starting in January of 2020 in these emails. And I have some of these emails printed out because I think that it is worth reading some of these emails. So this came from Christian Anderson, Christian Anderson, Um, on January 31st of 2020. Think about how early that was into this pandemic. This was before the lockdowns, right? When they were studying the genome of the virus, they found, or this, this Christian Anderson, this virologist, thought that the virus was inconsistent with the idea of natural emergence. This is what Christian said. The unusual features of the virus make up a really small part of the genome. So one has to look really closely at all the sequences to see that some of the features potentially look engineered. I mean, that's a really bombshell sentence. Some of the features potentially look engineered. This was Fauci's response. Thanks, Christian. Talk soon on a call. And what did Fauci say to us? He said it wasn't manipulated in a lab. He said scientists agree that it was a naturally emerging virus. Why did Fauci lie to us about it? We have to go back to what we talked about last week, this funding treat from the NIH to the NIAID. Fauci gave money to Peter Daszak, who gave money to Dr. Xi. Peter Daszak, meanwhile, in the Lancet Medical Journal, organized this group of virologists to write this letter saying that they thought, in their professional opinion, that this was a naturally emerging virus, but they gave no evidence of it. And it was organized by a man who had every incentive to make people believe it was naturally emerging and not something that was manipulated in a lab. So Fauci knew about this stuff and he lied. So the second the second reference to this, the second reference to this is he sent to a colleague um, an email that said, please handle after a virologist emailed saying that he thought that there was evidence of tampering. Okay, so this is this is what the email said. We think there's a possibility that the virus was released from a lab in Wuhan, the biotech area of China. We also think that the virus might be comprised with another organism such as yeast or combined with another organism such as yeast or fungus to make it more sticky. So this is, again, this is someone from Cornell Medical School, a Cornell Medical School graduate. He's a professor and he practices privately. He sends this information to Dr. Fauci and Dr. Fauci forwards it to a colleague at the NIAID with just the phrase, please handle. He was discussing He was discussing the idea that this virus might have leaked from a lab back in early 2020, early 2020, and then he lied to us about it. He said, nope, this couldn't possibly be manipulated in a lab. 
Okay. So then this, I think, is just astounding. This is an astounding email. This email is from Peter Daszak to Dr. Fauci, sent on Saturday, April 18th, 2020. It says, Tony, as the recipient of the grant publicly targeted by Fox News reporters at the presidential press briefing last night, I just wanted to say a personal thank you on behalf of our staff and collaborators for publicly standing up and stating that the scientific evidence supports a natural origin for COVID-19 from a bat to human spillover, not a lab release from the Wuhan Institute of Virology. There's then a large chunk of this email that is redacted. It's blacked out. You can can see it right there. It's blacked out. And he goes, from my perspective, your comments are brave and coming from your trusted voice will help dispel the myths being spun about the virus's origins. Once this pandemic's over, I look forward to thanking you in person and let you know how important your comments are to all of us. Cheers, Peter. Peter Daszak thanked Fauci for publicly dismissing the lab leak. That was April 18th, 2020. I mean, can you get more corrupt than this? Can I mean, we knew this was happening, but to see it in person, that's not all. Dr. Fauci, according to his emails, told a woman named Sylvia Burwell that masks don't work. Masks don't work. Okay, he goes, Sylvia, Masks are really for infected people to prevent them from spreading infection to people who are not infected rather than protected, protecting uninfected people from acquiring infection. The typical mask you buy in a drugstore is not really effective in keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through with the material. It might, however, provide some slight benefit to keep out gross droplets if someone coughs or sneezes on you. I do not recommend that you wear a mask, particularly since you are going to a very low risk location. Your instincts are correct. Money is being spent on medical countermeasures such as diagnostics and vaccine safe travels. Best regards, Tony. The typical mask you buy in a drugstore is not really effective for keeping out virus, which is small enough to pass through the material. The only thing that it might do is if someone sneezes in your face. I mean, can you imagine this? Dr. Fauci was behind then the entire push for mask mandates in our country. And that when I read this email, I thought to myself, the next time I walk in a restaurant, the next time I walk in a store that still has a mask mandate and someone asks me to put on a mask, all I want to say to them is Dr. Fauci said in his emails that masks don't work because the, the aerosols from the virus, the virus itself, are small enough that they simply go through the mask. He said that in an email, what science has changed since then? Every place that mandates a mask should have to answer that. What science has changed since Dr. Fauci said that masks don't work? Have we found out anything different? No, we haven't. We haven't found out anything different. Dr. Fauci just abandoned the science in favor of politics, okay? So that, we're not done yet. There's more, more where this came from. Okay, Dr. Fauci then discussed these gain-of-function experiments that were happening abroad. He discussed them at two different times. He received an email And I'm going to read his response first to the email. His response is, okay, stay tuned. This is the email that was sent to him. It said, the paper you sent me says the experiments were performed before the gain of function pause, but have since been reviewed and approved by NIH. Not sure what that means since Emily is sure that no coronavirus work has gone through the P3 framework. She will try to determine if we have any distant ties to this work abroad. And Fauci says, okay, stay tuned. Okay. Then that was February 1st. February 1st, Fauci also flagged an article in Nature Medicine, it's a medical journal, about a gain-of-function experiments on 
coronaviruses. The guy knew what had happened. I mean, he can go on and bloviate on TV all he wants. He knew what had happened. He knew where the money from the NIH that he had given to grant recipients, he knew where that went. He knew what they were doing to those viruses. He knew that the virus had anomalies that made it un- made it unlikely that it would be naturally emerging. They hadn't identified even the origin of it, which is odd for an outbreak like this. Fauci knew what was going on. There's another email, and this one particularly burns me up because I got a fact check on Facebook specifically for this, okay? In this email, someone asks him, I wanted to see what's the most up-to-date info you have on mortality rate for COVID-19 versus influenza. This is uh, from a Wall Street Journal journalist, okay? And this is what Fauci responded. He said, for COVID-19, the mortality rate is approximately 2%. For seasonal influenza, it's approximately 0.1%. That was March 2nd of 2020. I claimed on Facebook, I reported on Facebook. Let me rephrase that. I reported on Facebook that Fauci had said that there was a 2 to 3% case fatality rate for COVID-19. And he did. He did. In Congress, in front of a House, in in House testimony, in front of congressmen, he said that there was a 3% case fatality rate up from 2%. He he did caveat that with the context that because of asymptomatic spread, the infection fatality rate might be lower. But he did say the case fatality rate was 2 to 3%. Facebook fact-checked me for that. But now you can see it for yourself in Fauci's emails. Okay, and this one, this next one, this is really a crazy one. Fauci ignored the advice of a fellow virologist about selectively quarantining just older or vulnerable populations. I'm not going to read you this entire email because it's it's excellent. I am going to read you part of it. This is what he says. This was March 14th of 2020, by the way. He says, it's from a man named Mike Betts. He said, I wanted to convey an idea I had with regard to the coronavirus. It seems to me that trying to contain the virus as we are doing at present will be futile. Since the virus can be present for many days without a person having any symptoms, you would literally need to test everyone at the same time to determine who has it, an impossible task. I have a different thought. We know that the virus is especially dangerous for the old and or immunocompromised. In my opinion, we should be focusing all of our efforts on keeping that group from becoming infected. To do so, that group should be encouraged to self-isolate, to limit their social interactions, and other groups should be instructed to avoid them. Sort of a reverse quarantine idea. All testing would be done within those groups, and all groups would also be encouraged to continue with the hygienic suggestions they've already received. The problem right now, he writes, is that the media has created a panic. Last night, my wife and I went to the local Whole Foods, and many of the shelves were empty, and healthy younger people were wearing masks. The message is not getting out that the virus is almost solely dangerous to the elderly and immunosuppressed. Why aren't the demographics being released? That in itself could calm many people, he writes. With my suggestion exposures to them would be diminished, significantly reducing the number of deaths as well as the potential impact on hospitals. As I said, he goes on and on, perfectly sensible, common sense suggestions, things you would think Dr. Fauci would have adhered to from the very beginning. Instead, this is how Dr. Fauci responded. He says, thank you for your note, Fauci. And then he continued doing what he was doing, ignoring sensible advice. He knew about it. He was responding to emails in March of 2020 from respected virologists that recommended selective quarantine of vulnerable populations and not universal masking and universal lockdowns of young, healthy people. This guy knew what he was doing. He knew what he was doing all along. And he was never muzzled by the Trump administration. There were emails 
in this trove that were released where Fauci admitted that he wasn't muzzled in any way by the Trump administration. This is important to note because the mainstream media constantly, constantly accused him of being muzzled by the Trump administration. They said the Trump administration was sidelining him. They were doing a media blackout against him. They weren't letting him say what he wanted to say. This is what Fauci said in response to someone who said, and this is the person who wrote to him. The person who wrote to him said, I understand Vice President Pence has ordered you to to not inform the public about coronavirus without approval. This is quite terrifying, et cetera, et cetera. Okay? And Fauci said in response, there is much misinformation. I actually have not been muzzled at all by the vice president. And by the way, he said, it is safe to fly domestically. He has not been muzzled at all. Okay, so much of what Dr. Fauci said in these emails, he contradicted in congressional testimony. Now, here's the thing. If he had information from the get-go and that information turned out to be incorrect and it was just an evolution of what he knew when he was, if he was gathering empirical evidence and that informed his policy recommendations and those changed as different information changes, that's fine. That's fine. That's, fo- that's literally following the science, what they're claiming to do. But that's not what Fauci's doing. Fauci never gives scientific justification for his flip-flops. It's not even an evolution. It's just a flip-flop. He never gives a scientific justification because there is no scientific justification. Anthony Fauci is the most narcissistic, science-denying, reckless, power-hungry, manipulative, hypocritical, and destructive politician in our nation, period. And now let's talk about Facebook. As you know, My Facebook page has been demonetized off and on again. I can't even keep track of whether or not they're allowing us to uh, monetize our videos or whether only some are allowed to be monetized or whether we're completely blacked out from being monetized. It's it's a constant rigmarole with them. Now, Facebook claims via a third-party fact checker that I post misinformation. This is unequivocally a false accusation. You know this. This is just the reality of the thing. So one of the videos and one of the fact checks that has led to this back and forth with Facebook was a fact check by an organization called factcheck.org. It was on a video about Dr. Fauci, two videos about Dr. Fauci, actually, where I simply lay out what I laid out to you today, the history of Dr. Fauci, what he has said, and when he has changed his tune without any scientific evidence. And factcheck.org said that this is a false video based on their opinion, not based on what I said. See, that's the thing about science, though. We have to remember, science is questioning. Science is skepticism. So if I'm questioning Dr. Fauci, I'm the one practicing science, okay? I'm the one practicing science. The Fauci emails also prove, by the way, that there was no definitive answer. The leaders themselves did not know what they were doing. They did not know the reality of the case. Therefore, it's incumbent on all of us to ask questions, to gather information. But when I do it, Facebook says I'm a liar. They demonetize my page. They stifle my reach. You know, you know the rule. You don't get to see as much of my stuff on there because that's their goal in the first place. That's why they flagged my videos because they don't want people to see. Okay, so the, the reason I bring this up is not to have a pity party. It's not to bore you with talking about big tech censorship of conservatives. We all know that's happening. The, the reason I want to talk about that is because the primary reason that this video was fact-checked is because I claimed that Fauci had said that there was over a 3% case fatality rate of COVID-19. And then he changed his tune and said, actually, it's less than 1%. Well, factcheck.org said there's no evidence Fauci ever said that, you know, there was greater than a 1% case fatality rate. Well, that's false. We just read it in his emails. He said it's a 2% case fatality rate. 
So what's false about that? It's not false. Factcheck.org. I expect you to rescind your fact check, pull it off my video, edit your article, and apologize for smearing my name. These emails prove that you are the liar. Okay? You are the liar. They also did fact checks against my claims about lockdowns, masks, natural infection immunity, and vaccine distribution by race, all of which I have debunked in the past. I'm not going to bore you by doing that again, but they are after me simply because of ideology. Nothing else. Speaking of reporting things that the mainstream media will not report, if for some reason big tech does kick me off once and for all, don't worry, I will not be silenced. But I do want to make sure that I have the ability to stay in touch with you. That's why I'm asking all of you today to subscribe to our email list at LizWheelerShow.com. If you want to make sure that you never lose access to The Liz Wheeler Show, to me, to all the content and reality that I'm delivering to you here, please join my email list. It's very important to me that we can stay in touch if that ever does happen to us. Because regardless, I'm here to stay. I'm not going anywhere. I won't be quiet. I won't back down. I won't be cowed into not speaking the truth or self-censoring. Go to LizWheelerShow.com and drop your email address so that I can still reach out to you if or when Big Tech pulls the plug on me once and for all. Fingers crossed that doesn't happen. Send your email address just in case, LizWheelerShow.com. Okay, so another story that the mainstream media doesn't want to talk about is um, Joe Biden's budget. He is doing something that even Democrats in the past have not had the audacity to do. I think audacity is the right word because it's not courage, it's not bravery. It's not boldness, it's audacity. Joe Biden is trying to remove the Hyde Amendment from his budget. So first of all, this is a $6 trillion, um, $6 trillion budget. It will, it projects over $1.8 trillion in deficit for this enormous amount of spending. And this is the first time that the Hyde Amendment has been removed from a budget. So a little history of the Hyde Amendment, for those who don't know, it was named after Congressman Henry Hyde, who was a pro-life Republican congressman from the state of Illinois. And the Hyde Amendment passed in the year 1976. By the way, it passed on a bipartisan basis, over 100 Democratic votes in favor of this amendment in the House. It prohibits taxpayer funding or taxpayer money being used to pay for abortions. That means your money and my money won't go to pay for abortions directly, meaning the U.S. government can't use tax money to pay for abortions. Okay, this amendment, again, bipartisan. It was introduced by a Republican. Over 100 Democrats voted in favor of it in 1976. This Hyde Amendment has been estimated to save two and a half million lives. That's two and a half million unborn babies whose lives have been saved by the fact that your tax money and my tax money isn't allowed to be spent on abortions. Okay, now rumor has it that Joe Biden is willing to risk a government shutdown over his budget bill if provisions to end the Hyde Amendment are not included in this bill due to government shutdown. Biden and his radical leftist cronies will shut down the government to try to twist your arm into giving your credit card number to an abortion clinic. Okay, so first of all, let's just talk about government shutdowns for a second. If Congress and the federal government bureaucratic workforce, the swamp, the administrative state, went without a paycheck for a bit, oh, our country would be fine. So let's get that straight. That's not the end of the world. Shut it down. Do not back down to this. Do not let Democrats blame the Republicans. If Joe Biden forces a shutdown, that is all on the Democrats. The reality of the situation is this. Joe Biden is a flip-flopper. What I mean by that is he used to support the Hyde Amendment up until 2019. How coincidental. 
right when he wanted to run for president, right when he wanted to surround himself by radical leftists, then he changed his mind. Now he thinks it's okay for taxpayers to fund abortion. But Joe Biden is in the minority. The majority of Americans do not want taxpayer-funded abortion. 58% of Americans overall do not support taxpayer-funded abortions. 65% of independents oppose taxpayer-funded abortions. And get this, 31% of Democrats, one out of every three Democrats, does not want taxpayer money to be spent on abortion. Why? Because abortion is morally wrong, and the majority of the country agrees that abortion is morally wrong. Everybody knows this. Shouldn't be controversial to say. It's just the reality of the situation. A vast majority of the country believes that abortion in the second trimester and in the third trimester should be illegal. 82% of people believe that third trimester abortion should be illegal, and over 60% believe that second trimester abortion should be illegal. Why? Because human life begins at conception. Therefore, we have no right to end a human life. Abortion is a brutal procedure. It's gruesome. It not only ends the life of a preborn child, it harms women. The reality of the abortion procedure, first trimester abortion suffocates the unborn child until death. Second trimester abortion dismembers the unborn baby. Third trimester abortion injects poison into the baby's heart to give the child a fatal heart attack. Women do not need abortion to be successful, no matter how dire the circumstances. A life begins at conception, and therefore we have no right to end that life. If Democrats want to shut down the government to try to force you, the taxpayer, to fund abortion, then make them own it. Ask them, what is abortion? When does life begin? Ask them. Don't let them throw around euphemistic abortion talking points. Offer to debunk all of those talking points right here and right now. This is a fight that separates the squishes, the Republican squishes from the true culture warriors. It is an uncomfortable topic. It is. Many squishy Republicans don't want to talk about it. But do not let the Democrats bully you into being silent. If the Democrats want to shut down the government over taxpayer funding for abortion, let them and make them own it. Do not back down. All right. The great and powerful Jay Hay says that we are out of time for today. He always does this, even though we always have more stories to talk about. If you missed yesterday's episode called What Do You Like About Being White? Wherein I call out Mark Lamont Hill and deconstruct the history of critical race theory all the way back to its Marxist roots. I put a ton of research into that episode and I can't wait to hear what you think. Please go to Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. Download it, listen to it, tell me what you think. In the meantime, Think for yourself. Use critical thought, not critical theory. Question authority. Follow the facts and don't let government or corporate wokeism or anybody bully you into being a sheep. Please subscribe to the show on Apple Podcasts. Just click that little subscribe button. Download the episodes. Give us a five-star rating. Write us a glowing review. If you do, it helps us go up the charts on iTunes, which helps other people discover the show, which helps more people hear reality. Thank you for joining us today. This is The Liz Wheeler Show.